The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Tone Factory recording studios in Las Vegas, the Craft House Brewery, Moonshot.com, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. What? I gotta sit down. I feel like I can't stand. Is that okay, Tony? Then I sit. That was the final episode that my next guest appeared on in The Sopranos. Actor Vincent Pastore is best known for his portrayal of Salvador Big Pussy Bompensero. The Sopranos is just part of the story for Vincent. Other credits include Mickey Blue Eyes, Riding in Cars with Boys, The Hurricane, Money Train, and much, much more. He can currently be seen on a new series called Wu-Tang in American Saga based on the true story of the Wu-Tang Clan. I've got Vincent Pastore on the line right now from New York City. Hey, good morning. Vincent, welcome and greetings from Las Vegas. How are you? Uh, well, I kind of wish I was there. <laughs> right? I know, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I love Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you'd hang out with your buddy Steve Sharippa here, right? Yeah, Richie Wilk down at the D. Um, I got some Ronnie Lolly. I got some friends out there. I, I think I'm coming out in January um, to go to Caesars to see Van Morrison. Oh, nice! Yeah, oh, he's he's putting on great shows these days. That's for sure. Yeah, he loves Vegas. Uh, I talked to Van. He loves Vegas. He doesn't like doing New York that much. Surprisingly enough, because it's just the opposite for Springsteen, who has never done Vegas. I don't know if it's some kind of a union thing with Bruce or or what the deal is. I don't know what that story is. Uh, I mean, you got Aerosmith out there. You got Journey. I mean, they're all doing it. You know. You two and Paul McCartney kind of broke open the door on that one uh, about 25 years ago. So, yeah, and, and we're yeah, happy about yeah. that. No, well, why you, not? You always seem to have a lot of projects going on. How did the Wu Tang and American Saga thing come to you? Well, um, my manager uh, Bob McGowan, he he uh, he got me the audition, and then they tied it in with my agent here in New York, uh, Robert Adam and Abrams, and they. You know, I had to go in. I went in once to audition. Yeah. So the audition process wasn't that bad. The problem was they were trying to arrange my schedule with their shooting schedule. Right. And I thought I was going to lose the job because I had a trip to um, Australia with my soprano friends, uh, Perioli and Sharippa, already booked. Yeah. So they just said, okay, we won't put you in these episodes. And I says, okay. They were really good about it. I mean, yeah. I, that never happens to me. They either say you're available, you're not available. And they said, no, Vinny, we just won't write you in these episodes. And what happens with my character kind of slowly builds up, you know, and um, uh, it's a, it's an important character uh, because I have a rib shop and, the, and Riz's mother, Linda, uh, yeah. Linda Diggs works for me. Uh, it's not a big character, but it's an important, and it's a kind of character. If they continue to go, if they get picked up for a few more seasons, I'll be working. And it's Staten Island, so it's not that hard for me to get to work. And you know what? I've seen a couple trailers. It looks like it's really great quality work. Like you're in you're in good hands with this too. Well, it's it's Brian Grazier. It's Imagine, you know, Ron yeah. Howard, you know, so. 
Vincent was uh, uh, I'm rolling around with this show. When you were a kid, was acting something that was on your radar? I mean, I, I'm not that's sure. That's a good question. You know, I always, I always wanted to be an actor. You know, I grew up in the movies. My life was, you know, uh, Saturday afternoon. As soon as I, I, I get paid to do my paper route, I'd, I'd go right to the movies. And we had. In New Rochelle, where I grew up, we had four different theaters. We had the uh, RKO Lowy's Town Theater and a multiplex. And, and, and you would just go to the theater, you know, um, and I saw everything you could think of. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to be an actor. And even when I was um, in, when I got out of service, uh, I went to college and I studied acting, but I couldn't get a break. I didn't get a break until I was 42 years old. It's not, it, it's not that I didn't pursue it. I mean, I was a club owner, uh, but I didn't get a break until I was 42 years old. And I could tell the story over and over again. And these kids don't want to hear about it. I call them kids. But Matt Dillon and Kevin Dillon got me in the business. They really? Actually, yeah, they set up appointments for me. They used to come to my bars in New Rochelle. And one night, Maddie said to Kevin, let's get Vinny hooked up with your manager. And Kevin hooked me up. And I didn't get a job, uh, yeah. but I was, I was sent in the right direction. And now I'm teaching. I, tonight I have a class. I teach down at Greenwich Village at HB Studios. And I tell these guys, you have no idea what's around the corner. You don't know who's going to help you out. And you can't get... You can't get someplace on your own in this business. You need somebody to give you a break. I remember seeing you in, you were very familiar by the time The Sopranos started, but like there were, it seems like there were, there were bit parts in Goodfellas or Carlito's Way. Yeah, I had a nice part in the Gotti movie on HBO, which should have been theatrically released. I I had a big part in Jerky Boys, but that wasn't a big hit. So Sopranos um, was really my calling card, you know, and after that, you know, after I got whacked, you know, I uh, hopped on a plane. First time I went to L.A., I was 50 years old. And yeah. I went out there to do a movie, uh, Deuces Wild. And I started doing a lot of movies. I worked with Favreau, Made, Deuces Wild, Servant Sarah. I mean, uh, I don't know if it was because I was the first the Soprano that was available. Right. You know, I did the hurricane. I was doing all these great movies. Um, you know, so I went from doing the two years with the Sopranos. I just went right out to Hollywood and started doing movies. I remember loving you in Corky Romano and Shark Tale and stuff like all that. All that stuff. Yep. Yeah. All that stuff came after. How did you get the role in the Sopranos? Did you have to audition for David Chase himself? Yeah, this is, you know, this is one of the questions that we do at the conversations with the Sopranos. We had uh, a moderator, and he says, how did you guys get the role? And when it comes to me, I said, look, we just came off of uh, a big hit for HBO, Gotti. So they called in me, Tony Sirico, Dominic Chainazy, and Frankie Pellegrino at the same day, and we all wind up getting work on that show. Yeah. So they saw us in the Gotti movie, and they, they you know, and then I talked to David about it. Uh, after I got the role, and he said, oh, I never saw Gotti. Well, well somebody saw Gotti. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Vincent, I loved the final episode of The Sopranos, but not everyone did. What was your feeling? Well, the first time it aired, I was in um, uh, uh, Santa Monica working on a project with uh, Taya Shire, and I didn't get a chance to see it. TMZ came up to me and said, what did you think of the show last night? I said, I didn't see it. So when I finally got to watch it, there was this talk going around. Well, what's so I was expecting the screen to go black because I was told. 
Yeah. But what did it mean to me? It meant that David said, it's over. That's it. It's over. (laughs) But he was smart enough to leave it open in case he wanted to continue it. Right. I never thought about that. That's what he did. And one night, uh, we were all having dinner. Uh, little Stephen's mother passed away, and we went to Stephen's, uh, I think, sister-in-law's restaurant uh, in Red Bank. And we were sitting there with David, myself, Max Weinberg, Stephen, Tony Sirico, and Jimmy. And David said, when do you guys, you guys ready to come back to work? And he looked at us, and I said to, to Jimmy, I'm, I'm back. And he says, we're not going to do this without you. So I'm saying, okay, maybe they were going to say it was a dream, and I went into witness protection. But yeah. they were thinking of coming back. And then we lost Jimmy. Right. So then he did the prequel instead. Yeah, the prequel. What do you think of uh, of the late uh, James Gandolfini's son playing him in the prequel as a, as a younger guy? He seems to have some acting chops, doesn't he? Well, no, I know Michael. I know Michael. Yeah. Um, you know, we watched him grow up. Uh, he's been working with Jimmy Franco on the Deuce. He did a couple of Law and Orders. Right. He's going to be fine. This is, you know, in fact, I heard he had to audition three, four times for David. They were just not going to hand it to him, you know? Yeah. He's going to be fine. It's going to be a nice career jump for him. This is what he, you know, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. That's all I can say. It's a beautiful yeah, he's, thing. He's got to be feeling maybe a little bit of pressure, but it sounds like it's going to go well for him. I'm sure he's got to be under pressure if his work doesn't stand up. But yeah. I don't think David would put him on the show if his work didn't stand up. Vincent, I don't think a lot of people realize that you're friends with Tony Lip, who is played by Viggo Mortensen in, in Green Book. That's amazing. When did you guys yeah, get good, together? I'm glad you brought that up. When I started, before I started acting, I was driving a limousine for a company, and they were related to Tony. So I used to meet Lip occasionally and then i became an actor and the day i got my union card it was with um uh, lou gossett jr on a show for abc they used to have these shows on sunday nights it was called gideon oliver and i was with tony and then tony and i became friends and casting would use us a lot and then we started working for ted demi tony and i yeah we did like three projects with ted demi yeah who's the man uh wow this half hour film called the bet uh, and then, um, uh, you know, Tony and I would uh, run into each other, but then his, his, his it, just like it's in the movie, well, I don't know if it's in the movie. No, it's not in the movie. His wife died. And when Tony's wife died, he shut down. But then um, Nikki, his son, uh, encouraged, Nikki and Frankie encouraged Tony to uh, try off his Sopranos. And he wind up getting a part of Combine. And that's when we all got back together again and we started working together again. But, um, yeah, uh, and I thought Vigo did a wonderful job. By the way, before I let you go, I had heard this story about how your little granddaughter wanted to go see Springsteen. And did you end up taking her? No, but my, what my daughter did. What yeah. happened is that she, uh, Maya, this is a great story. Maya said, Grandpa, I want to go see Bruce. I said, you want to go see Bruce? You're, you're six years old. <laughs> so I called up Stephen. I said, Stephen, uh, my granddaughter wants to come see the show. He says, have a talk to my assistant. And what they did is first Renee and Chris, my son-in-law, and Maya went to the meet and greet. And Stevie says, everybody got to wait. Big Pussy's granddaughter's here. And <laughs> Maya was the first people to take a picture. Then they went and sat down, and they gave her, like, these earphones for the kids. 
so she could hear the concert through the earphones, so the sound doesn't, you know, with the eardrums and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they took care of her, and she kept saying, uh, he didn't play my song. Uh, <laughs> her favorite song was Wrecking Ball. He didn't yeah, right. play my song. <laughs> but six years old, she's getting her first concert she ever went to, she's all Bruce. <laughs> but I'll give you one more right. quick story about my granddaughter. Last week, I gave her an award out at the MTV Awards with Dre and Jamie. And they sent me, you know, a gift box, all this stuff, you know, all this MTV stuff. So I just wrapped it up and I sent it to my granddaughter. She called me the other day and with a little voice. She says, wow, where'd you get all this cool stuff? I said, it's yours. <laughs> That's incredible. It, it was such a pleasure to talk to you, Vincent, on the Wu-Tang and American Saga thing coming up and so many other projects. Uh, I hope to see you when I come out to Vegas. I'm coming out in January. That'd be great. An honor to talk to you. Good luck to you. Okay, bye. You know, Vincent's telling of the final episode of The Sopranos was really the first time I ever heard it put that way that it went to black because it left it open for David Chase to keep the show going sometime in the future. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of The Fake Show. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. The summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. 